If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. All right. Now that you know how to be sustainable, and when I say know-how, I mean designing, starting seeds, composting, all that good stuff. Now we're going to tell you how we are going to be sustainable in our own gardens. What this conversations has sparked for us right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your host, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. If you haven't done so already, you should consider becoming a patron and helping support the Backyard Gardens podcast. We give you two extra episodes a month and you have the good warm feeling inside that you're helping us keep the show going. Also, we have a sale going on because of sustainability. Everything that's sustainable that promotes sustainability on our website is on sale 35% off. Use code earth link is description link is in the description, the code. It may, it may not end. We're just going to leave it open for right now. But uh, for right now, the only things are water bottles and tote bags. So these things help promote sustainability. Ding. (laughs) I suffered my way through it, but I got it done. <laughs> now we done. get to the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. One of my um, favorites. Yeah. So I guess as we did these past few episodes, was any of it eye opening for you? Um, I don't know if it was eye opening. I, I do think that um, in an answer, no, I don't think it was eye opening. I did. Okay. It did elicit some feelings. Um, but I wouldn't describe it as <gasps> the shock and the awe. I would call that eye-opening. That was what my definition was when I said it. So <laughs> it was. It, it definitely made me become introspective. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that the right mm-hmm. word to use? Where yep. I was looking in. A lot of the times when we were talking, I was looking in at what I was doing mm-hmm. and thinking before, during, and after the shows, like, am I doing these things? Am I doing what I can do? And I'm not talking about, like, stressing myself out over it, but just enough to, like, make me feel better about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, there is a certain burden that introducing this series and having these discussions has had, if you will. Yeah. Um, and there's a selfish part of me that's kind of like, I want to find a groove and I want to rock out with it. Like, you know this constant change um, or feeling like there's this constant change. Like on one hand, I really, and I'm just speaking in general terms when it comes to what's happening in my garden. On one hand, it, it's like, I want to be the driver of what I change. Like, I don't want that to be that pressure to be put on me, Yeah, you know? And it's my hope that as people that have listened to their four episodes, right? The previous four episodes that are a part of this series that they didn't feel pressure either um and so as i was kind of i mean we're talking about like over the course of a month these episodes are crossing right and so as i think about them i i felt pretty good around like change can be small i felt pretty good around like not feeling like i was gonna like there was some upheaval you know in my space um clearly i'm i'm the i'm the master of my domain you know so um I generally felt good about coming into this episode and, you know, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to you and I individually, what are you going to do young Ben? (laughs) So, so I didn't have any anxiousness or apprehension about this episode because of the way I think we approached these last four. Well, I went outside after each one of the episodes and I turned my water hose on and just walked away and let it pour out in the sidewalk for two hours at a time. So that's how it made me look. No. Is that, that like writing awful. a thing on your to-do list just to check it off? It's like, all right, so I'm going to completely waste a bunch of water and yep. then I'm going to make the step 
of saying, I am going to change something in my space to be more sustainable. Well, it's kind of like going on your diet. You know, tonight's the last night, baby. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Tomorrow I'm going to save water, but today I'm going to spill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually no, a really I, good one. Yeah. You know, I agree with you. And this is the thing, you know, if you're listening to this and you're for the first time, welcome. But this is the final episode of this sustainable series. Mm-hmm. And. The last thing I ever want either one of us to do is come across as preachy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that was a real struggle when we were talking about doing this episode is, you know, how can we portray a message like this without being preachy and getting on and be like, you should do this and you Mm -hmm. should do that. And the fact of the matter is you don't have to do everything that we talked about, but as we talked, I was sitting back and was like, well, am I doing this? And the question is, am I willing to do such and such and such and such? Yeah. And to be clear, this, it's not, our, our list isn't absolute. Like the things that we talked about and the areas we covered, I mean, it's a bite size, you know? And so we, it would take us the year of episodes every Thursday to walk through like Easily. all of the possibilities. We could um, even and, go into the minisodes too and yeah. continue to do it. I mean, there's just endless amounts of things that we can do mm-hmm. to make a change. Yeah. I mean, this was about introduction. This was about a reminder for me about what I'm, I'm currently doing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I'm not guilt free because, you know, I mean, I'm not Catholic, but I might as well be right. You know, yeah. like, you know, the the guilt that I carry about any number of things in my life or specifically in my garden. Um, this is uh, now a couple of weeks ago. I have leaves, leaves, leaves <laughs> every time with this word. Yeah. On my garage um, floor. And I'm still shredding them. And it's like, all right, okay, I'm just going to bag these up and recycle them. And it's like, but no, you know, which again, that's a responsible thing to do as well. Um, so it's like the only person that knows about it is is me and now you and then, you know, thousands of people that are listening. But before right. this moment, right, you know, it's like, what do you, you can do whatever you want to do. I say that to say, like, there are always moments that I have where it's like that pause, like, okay. You want to be this better version. You know, you want your garden to be this better version of itself. And are you actively doing those things? And I think it's just, you know, it's not practice making perfect, but it's definitely practice time and time again. Um, And so I'm excited about, you know, specifically talking about what you and I want to do kind of in short order and maybe even more longer term. Um, But I thought it was when we talked about this, it was important to kind of take a beat take a moment you know and kind of reflect on how we interpreted the episodes right yeah because i mean that's important too you know we'll sit here and we'll plan an episode and then we'll do the episode and be like so what'd you think how do you think it turned out and we'll come up with like something totally different than we had envisioned Mm -hmm, it coming mm -hmm. out so that's something that you know all of the different categories and classifications we did and tips Mm -hmm. and stuff like that was super interesting and it's it spurred me you know i've always been conservation minded Mm -hmm. to an extent but it spurred me to like own it yeah you know what i mean instead of just being like yeah i do this and this like quietly it's like you know what show it talk about it Mm -hmm. because it's important it's really important and there's a lot of people that are living the pain we have a lot of listeners right now that are living in like historic droughts you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, when is the time to talk about it? Is it after the drought's over and you've gotten all your rain back and like, now this is how we could have fixed it? Or is it, do you talk about it during it and try and make that change? You know, look, do I think that there should be golf courses in Las Vegas? No, I don't. But that's a different story. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think they that should listen to our shows. The people that run those places clearly. I uh, I'm listening to a different um, set of podcasts about a completely different topic. And how dare you? I know, right? Good night. Anybody else that listens to anything but backyard gardens? How dare they? I'm certain that no other podcaster listens to any other podcast besides their own. So <laughs> I'm a renegade in that way. I'm breaking all of the rules. Um, <laughs> But it it was this moment of um, 
it's a it's like a true crime podcast because that's one of my jams as well and it was this moment of like reflection on what was once respected science and what's now in some circles not even being called science anymore um and i was just saying to myself like you give something 20 30 40 50 60 years you know maybe more maybe less and it will become obsolete yeah. You know, like we will look and say there is a better way. So if you look at something like, and this has been a longer time coming, you look at something like so much greenery, you know, you go to the, the golf courses as an example. And there's great joy, obviously, not to mention a bunch of money, but there's great joy that comes from that. Um, but then you kind of say, all right, let's again, take a beat. Is that... Do we vow to do no harm when it comes to, yeah. you know, the way that we're living, you know, um, and I, you know, I hate to get philosophical. I don't hate to get philosophical, but we, we don't normally try to go there here on this show. But kind of here we are. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is what it is when you talk about a subject like this, too, though, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of that involved. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I've I, I don't want to make this episode that like bashes golfing or anything like that, but. It's important to talk about and to acknowledge because I don't know if you've ever been to a golf course, but they're very pretty. Mm -hmm. It's all green. It's soft. It's Mm -hmm. well manicured. You know, some places do better than others. But a lot of times the amount of resources that goes into upkeeping one of those Mm -hmm. is just absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's the biggest waste ever. And then you go into places that are struggling with, we'll just use water then it's it's even more insane because it's just gobs and gobs and gobs of water being poured on these things to keep them nice and lush Mm -hmm. and they shouldn't even be there that's that's the connection to all of this is they shouldn't even be in that area Mm -hmm. because it doesn't grow naturally in that area like if you're in the desert what makes you think you're going to find a lush green patch of grass you know Mm -hmm. but if i planted something like that then i would get shot you know what i mean like i would get ridiculed so there's kind of like this whole thing, you know what I mean? It's like, which is better, which is not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, I'm just going to say, yeah. So you could sit on any argument because there are any number of structures that require resources, right? Um, and, and speak more broadly, like any number of resources that aren't as available, um, but these things are built, I mean, how many stadiums does one city need? You know, like, I mean, let's just, let's, let's just be realistic here. Um, But uh, again, I don't want to go too far off into that space. Well, do you think that at some point that stuff will change? I'm not sure if I'm, I'm conservative when it comes to the, the, the speed in which I believe we change as humans and more specifically as society. So I'm going to play it safe and say, probably not in, in, your lifetime or mine. Okay. I think I've seen change in certain places and I'm sure, you know, my, where my dad lives, he lives in a big city and as most cities grow, they grow outwards, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, what they did is they took a lot of the rundown areas and made them green areas mm-hmm. and made parks and all these different things. And it's really stepped up the, you know, the area a lot. It's nice to drive. I would never live there. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it's nice to go through there. And I think a lot of bigger cities are seeing that. So I think that there, there could be a time where that stuff could change because all of that helps for sustainability. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you like change in pockets and spaces, yeah, that's going to continue to happen. Yeah. But, you know, will there be a ban on, you know, again, beating up on um, golf courses? Will there be a ban on golf courses in our lifetime? No. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. But maybe they'll just be planning on dead grass when there's a drought. How's that? (laughs) We'll settle. So, um, well, look, let's do this. Let's take this break and then we're going to come back and then we're going to get into what what we're doing different in our gardens coming up for sustainability. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'm going to let you go first because then you can help me refine my list as I <laughs> look over my notes here. So, okay. I can I can handle that. I was prepared to rock, paper, scissors for it. So, there's that. Like any classic adult would do. <laughs> But um no and I, I mean my first one which is the easiest one honestly is just to kind of I need to step up my water harvesting game. So we talk a lot about rain barrels on here and I have some adjustments to do and some additions to make at the same time mm-hmm. because this is the second time in my life and it's 2 years in a row now that I've ran my rain barrels dry. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. there's two things going on there. One is I'm definitely watering a little bit more, but two, we're we're just not getting as much rain as we had been in the past. Mm-hmm. So I need to kind of step up a little bit. I've got a um I've I've mentioned on the show that I've got this giant container that I just haven't hooked up and I'm in the process now of draining one water barrel moving that barrel to the other one where it's going to catch more water and daisy chaining it to that one. So then that'll give me 110 gallons to store and then taking this other one that's like 100 or 200 gallons or something and connecting it so that it can start to fill up and then using that as well. So I have the ability to like, I don't know, triple or even more. I don't really know how many gallons this container. It's one of those big square containers Mm -hmm. that I acquired. So just doing that. And then on the other aspect of it too, I was going to hook up another, I have another rain barrel that I was going to hook up to my chicken coop in order to catch water off of the roof of the chicken coop to water the chickens. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with this. And it's, it's an undertaking for me because it's like, all right, I I just don't want to do it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I just don't, I don't want to do it. But at the same time, I think that little step can make a big difference, especially, you know, when every spring I get a letter from the water company saying, hey, you should check for leaks. Your water use has doubled in the past month. You know, it's like, well, yeah, no doubt. I'm watering now. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to meet you where you are with water? Sure. Okay. Um, So I have my rain, I have one, two rain barrels that I um, got last year and I have one of them out of the garage and sitting in the space next to, uh, the, I love you. Next to the gutter, and um, while I always flash back to, I put together a ceiling fan. I'm handy. Uh, I am nervous about kind of like it's almost like you get one cut at it, you know, at the the gutter, and so I just have it there. You should have seen me shaking it. Like I wonder how much water just came down from me, like you know, the sky into it. It's like three teaspoons of water or whatever. Uh, so anyway. Um, in addition to hooking up um, Rain Barrel 1 this year, which I've committed to, um, this is huge for me. So I'm going to consult a good friend that I have um, that's a part of this podcast, Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. Oh, damn. <laughs> and that's I a have a stake to the heart. Yeah, I have a second Rain Barrel. And so the reality is the space where... Um, I can see Rain Barrel 1 going um, is right next to this is itty bitty bed. It's like um, two feet by four feet that I created. It's on um, the side of the cage, baby. Right. Okay. And so I can grow food there and I have. Um, but the question is going to be, could I do your how did you call them? Um, Daisy chaining. Daisy chaining. Yeah. Could I set up? both of these and if i do i i'm pretty certain i'd have to pull that bed out like dig that you know and again it's not that big of a deal it's just some plastic coverings that we have um that created the bed but basically i'd potentially be sacrificing that two by four foot space but gaining the space for a second um rain barrel i'm just not exactly sure how to do that um so so i had i woke up 
this morning and I had just like a, a haha moment. So <clears throat> I'm going, I'll definitely, whatever you need help with, you know, I'll help you. But, um, I was going to do a video about rain barrels and then daisy chaining and water mm-hmm. saving and all that stuff. So I'll put it out there for other people, but I'll definitely like help you. I'll send, actually what I'll do is I'll send you how mine's connected mm-hmm. and you'll see it's super easy. It's almost ridiculous how easy it is and how overly complicated we make it. Is it all, um, is it connected um, to one gutter? gutter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the problem is, and the reason why I want to change mine is because my rain barrel fills up in a three second rainstorm, <laughs> you know, and then I have an overflow hooked up to it that got, goes out into the yard. But I'm like, why the hell do I have this other rain barrel that's hooked up to my shed that takes like a couple rainstorms to fill up mm-hmm. when I could just move it over here. Now, the reason why I'm not moving the big one up to the house is because it's just extremely unsightly to have there. Yeah. I, I don't think that, um, one, I don't think my wife would like it Two, I don't think my neighborhood would like it. My neighbors, even though it's none of their business, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I still need to be respectful. So that being said, that water container is so big that if I just let it fill up over time, I'll be good. You know what I mean? Like once it's full, it's should be full. Because mm-hmm. it's not like I'm over here hooking up sprinklers to it and all this shit, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not over here like pumping water out of it yet. Let, you know, let's, yeah. let's slow our roll because you never know what's going to happen next year. But yeah, I'll help you with whatever you want. I appreciate that. So um, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, you know, real quickly in my dream for water would be to tear up my whole driveway and put an impervious surface on. That would What's be my dream. Surface. So is that the one you, you're talking about with the um, the parking lots? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's got like holes in it, so it'll the water will drain back into the earth and not run off. So that would be my dream, but I'm not going to do that because it's too expensive. So, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like that's part of what when we talked about this, where I was like, I would like to do this, but truth moment, I'm not going to do this because it's yeah. just too much. Well, the key, if you go at the spirit of what we've talked about, this is what we're doing for the now. Right. So some things, you know, you, you design to be a bit more permanent than others. Um, but it doesn't mean that there isn't some future version of this. You right. Know? And you don't have to do it now. You know, making small steps. That's what we're all about on this show is making small steps. Right. Especially. I mean, look at Batavia. It takes her three years to buy a pair of shoes. Minimally. Yeah. Minimally. And then I buy two. And then because, she'll buy two. You know, it'll be another 10 years before she can pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> So we um, let's let's go in order of how we judge all how we discuss all these other ones. So the next topic would be pollinators. Mm-hmm. So what can we do different for pollinators? Like what are you planning on helping with pollinators? This one is super hard. Yeah. And the reason why this one is super hard. Well, that's it's being a little bit dramatic. So. I am challenged with my the comfort of my style of gardening and one of the techniques that I use um, to protect my plants, and that's using covers, right? And so while there are many pollinators that still crawl under those covers, which is great, um, I, I, I don't make it as convenient for many more. Right. Yeah. You know, six in one hand, half a dozen in another. Right. If I open things up, I open things up. Um, and so I am um, I already have kind of the place that I plan on going for my garden. So I can't say that this is for sure going to happen this year, um, but I am going to drop a few more flower seeds in my green space. Let me put it that way. So my flowers are almost, you know, 100 percent for aesthetics and for design. You know, so I like to have flowers in this little corner here and this little corner there. I like to have them, you know, set up in the front yard because, you know, it's it's the showcase of the garden space. I like the backyard to be more of my workspace. And, you know, um, I, I limit flowers primarily to what's in the deck. You know, like that's been my M.O. Um, last year, I stepped away from that a little bit um, and um it was primarily based on a guest that we had on the show 
And a part of what I did was plant flowers in the middle of a raised bed. Uh, And so that was actually really cool and a success. But as I move forward and say, if I really want this place to be inviting to pollinators, I need to be a little bit more sensitive to the things that they want and enjoy. Right. right. So there's this twofold. One, it's the reevaluating, not my use of cover necessarily, but my basic comfort and covering everything. Like, you know, like for years, if I could, I would, you know, I just hadn't been able to figure that piece out. Um, so it's making adjustments there, which also comes with, and this is going to be more like 2023 and going forward. As we get into the break of the like growing season, I'm going to be looking closely at what I'm growing and the why. You know, which is a whole that's almost like there's a tip associated with that on the back end, which I'll come come around to. Um, And then also, clearly, the easy part is, you know, plopping some flowers in. Yeah. Flowers that pollinators love. Yeah, that's I think that's the key is. I mean, I'm sure any flower would help, but there are some that are better than others. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it's interesting because we're kind of going in opposite directions here. I'm um, working on providing a, a watering station for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm been thinking about like, what is the appropriate place to put it? So I want to be low maintenance, meaning I don't want to fill it up all the time, or I'd like for it to get fill, filled up by my watering practices, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or two, where can I put it to where it won't evaporate as quickly? Mm-hmm. So there's that. Because it, it all goes hand in hand, right? If I plant it where it's going to evaporate quickly, then I'm taking away from my water sustainability practices. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I need to think about that. And then, you know, um, I don't know if you remember, I did the I started the pollinator garden, which is this has been two years ago now. Yeah, this would be the third year. And um, man, it's had a rocky go. Yeah. But I've just I just dump seeds in it. If I have leftover flower seeds, I just throw them in there. Um, I plan and now things are coming up because they're perennials and they're starting to flower that they didn't last year. So this year they're starting to. So I'm getting an idea of like, first of all, like this thing is jacked up and I need to remodel it, which is okay. But then the other part of it is I want to plant more and I want to be, I want more perennials in my yard. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to grow from seed all summer my perennials and then plant them out in the fall mm-hmm. because I did that last year and it was way more successful they they bloom the first year they're already established I don't have to really worry about watering them as much because in the spring here we don't necessarily get a lot of water in the spring sometime like past two years I've, my rain barrel's been dry in spring mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like one of the most critical times yeah so from moving forward, I'm going to only be planting my perennials in the fall from now on. And that should help with all of these things. That should tie those two things in together. And just researching before what I plant, like what do the pollinators like? What do they enjoy? And my question to the world is, are flowers the only thing that we should be worried about? Or maybe we should just be worried about stuff with like dense foliage stuff like that because just foliage itself like plants grown for just foliage are are beautiful in their self but they can provide homes mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. can provide shelter shade stuff like that for these pollinators so it could be just as important so that's something that I want to look into as well which is you know it kind of scratches my desire to have that and yeah. to do this so I don't really know the answer to that I've been looking for seeds to start like that and I'm having a hard time yeah, and I'm. St- I think this is where we we kind of get into the. Is this some person's blog article where they felt like this is important, um, versus it really being true? Remember, we we're talking about the idea of not wrecking your leaves. I don't. Who knows what episode it was on, but you know, and not disturbing kind of that area where you you, you know you have yeah. critters that are enjoying that space and that cover. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess in theory, yeah, that sounds about right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, the, another, so again, getting ahead of tips. So I'm not ready to commit to letting more go to seed unless I plan on saving the seed. Um, so maybe one day in the future, that'll be me, you know, because a lot of pollinators love when 
plants both ultimately go to flower yeah. when those flowers are out there. But as we've seen in so many videos that you've shared on Backyard Gardens TV on YouTube, those plants, some of those plants can get massive, you know. Yeah. Um, I got an operation here. You know, I got to get things in and out, in and out. At least that's well, the lie I tell myself when I leave tomato plants in the garden until November. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I let them bolt in the spring. One, because it's like, I, I want to see if I can save the seed. But two, I know that it's attracting the pollinators. And a lot of time it's still too cold to put some of these other plants in. So. I think I it, just, it, I think I just swallowed a pollinator. A fungus net. <clears throat> Maybe so. Yeah. All right, okay. I saw you jump back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of two things. So I leave them in the ground as long as I can, you know, because it benefits a lot of things. But moving forward, like now, it's like, well, sh- I mean, I have nothing in the garden that's flowering, you know. Soon I'll have some squashes. Well, by the time this airs, I'll have stuff, you know, squashes mm-hmm. and whatnot. But um, that's where, you know, putting stuff around the garden really helps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I do take advantage of that in you know, the placement of that. Um, I am trying to figure out, you know, our May temperature, again, we had spikes of really high temps, you know, like in the 80s, closer to 90s, but there's probably a handful of days I can probably count them on one hand. We were still easily getting temps consistently in the 50s. And, you know, you know how I feel about that. These warm weather, hot weather um, crops just don't like that. Uh-uh. The good thing, though, is it gives me more time to make better decisions about the flowers that I'm introducing to my gardens. Since, because I'm always adjusting, since I still haven't gotten to the place where I'm starting as many flowers as I want, I'm still in the place of, you know, purchasing flowers, a lot of flowers that I'm going to be adding to my garden. Um, and it gives me a chance, like this morning I went and kind of, I needed a pick me up too. It's like going on in the world, but I walked around a couple of stores just to kind of see what flowers were out there, you know, what spoke to me, if you will. Um, and so again, you know, once I get to the point of being closer to purchase, I'll start reading tags, doing some Google searches, you know, what's attracted to this flower or that flower. Cause I still want to reserve the right to pick things that I believe are lovely. Yeah, I mean, you got to you, you got to have a combination of both. Now, luckily, a lot of the lovely things are attractors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that what I'm going heavy on, and if you want bees in particular, salvia. Mm-hmm. Like hands down. I mean, I saw hummingbird. I had three hummingbirds on my salvia last night. I've had, you know, bees just everywhere. You can't get by, you can't walk by there if you're scared of bees. So that's like I'm 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 going in heavy because it's just I see the benefit of it, you know what I mean? But Does like it bloom sunflower all season? All and I, by season I mean like all of the growing seasons. Yeah, I know summer. what you mean. Um yeah, if you deadheaded it will. So the first year I got it, I bought it from a nursery. And I bought it in spring and it was blooming. And so, you know how that goes. Like, it could be like a jump start because of their greenhouses and stuff. So, I don't really know what happened, but it kind of ended up dying back. And then last year, it kind of, it slept a little bit. And this year, it's like, it's blooming. And it's in full bloom. So, I'm sure that it will last a while. And it's just like most things, if you deadhead when you should, it shouldn't be an issue. It should Mm -hmm. continue to do so. Um, But you look at stuff like, like sunflowers. They attract the pollinators, but they also attract the birds, and they do the other things too. They're a food source mm-hmm. for multiple mm-hmm. animals versus yeah. regular flowers. So squirrels clearly that. in my space. Yeah, yeah, squirrels. <laughs> they are a thing. I just got visited by deer last night. Everybody always asks me, "How do you stay away from deer?" And I'm like, oh, "I really don't." And they topped all of my sunflowers. So bastards. But um, yeah, I can't think of. I think I grew vin- vincas one year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vincas. I didn't have a single insect on I thought them, they, man. I thought butterflies liked them. But anywho, don't get me. Yeah, I mean, you know. And like roses and stuff. Like, I mean, you see, but it's still... You know what I mean? So, there's some flowers that do better than others is the whole sure. point. So, the ne- next one is fossil fuels. And this is one that, like water, brings heavy in everybody's minds right now. Because we're all paying at the pump. And it's all together so what are we going to do about fossil fuels yeah so i um i haven't completely fleshed this out but i'm going to toss this out there so i have 
prior to the series and probably going back to you know the i don't know how long ago it was i've been conscious of the deliveries that i um have made to my home you know ordering a single item from some online site and having that single item delivered we've talked a little bit about this so i believe that i want to challenge myself to limiting um deliveries to x across the year you know so think like one delivery a month right um and so i haven't figured out like the logistics of what makes most sense what do i think like how much should i really be limiting to feel like i am making a difference so that in a little this is i'm sure that there's some numbers someone could crunch you know but it's a bit subjective and i think this is a little bit more of like getting into better habits um not obviously the less that someone needs to come to my house, drive a vehicle, the less they need to come to my house and drive a vehicle. Um, but I don't want to sub that in for, I'm going to go out and get the things that aren't being delivered, yeah. you know, so there's that balance. Um, but I, I think it's a, a way to begin more actively practicing what you need versus what you want. Patience. Um, Mindfulness. Con- hmm mindfulness yes yes great great term um more focus on um i mean you know you know how many boxes i have that i've opened way past the return window because again it wasn't something that absolutely needed right then and there and it's okay to be prepared and to have things but y'all i always question did i really really need that thing anyway um and so anywho that's that's the thing you know so let's call it for the sake of conversation one delivery a month i reserve the right to change that yeah and i think the the question becomes do you really need that certain thing from let's just use the elephant in the room amazon Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which i mean by the way we have an amazon list if you guys want to check out but (laughs) just order multiple things don't just do one at a time yeah but or can you go to the store down the street and buy it? Because yes, you'll be spending the fuel and everything to go down there, but it's still less. You know what I mean? Then trucking it all across the country to get to you. So there is yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah, situation. I mean, you know, because this this topic right here, you could just close your eyes and throw a, a dart and you'll you can hit something. You know, it's like my my stepdad always told me, a blind squirrel always gets a nut. You know what I mean? And like, this is one of those where it's just like, no matter what you say, you're going to save on fossil fuels. So, you know, the one reason why we do the coupon code for Earth on the um, T-shirts and all that stuff for sustainable stuff is because a couple of years ago, or actually it was last year, I vowed not to drink out of a disposable water container for the whole year. And I did it. And so I'm just continuing to move forward. Now, I have quite a few water bottles and stuff like that, but I'm not single serving using them. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? mm -hmm. And I use them and I save them and it does make a difference. You know what I mean? It does make a lot. And it's, you know, I I was listening to a podcast not too long ago about bottled water (laughs) and they were like, it's the most ridiculous thing. Like we've been trained as a society to think that bottled water is a lot cleaner than what comes out of the tap, right? Where in fact, a lot of cities and states have very strict policies and, you know, I don't know the term that I'm looking for off the top of my head, but they have to be a certain cleanliness and Mm -hmm. they have to be treated this, that, and the other. So a lot of times that water is cleaner and they have found that like Aquafina, I remember reading about back in the day, and this could have changed, uh, was the equivalent of tap water. You were basically just buying tap water. Yeah. You know, now I'm a backpacker. So I drink, when I go out in the woods and we go do that, we drink out of the streams, like solely. That's where we get our water. And I'm going to tell you, I have had no water out of a bottle that tastes anything like that ever. So there's there's that. Um, but so that's one thing that I've done in the past. But what kind of spurred me moving forward was again like you it was just the no-brainer like limit my deliveries mm-hmm. you know which for us is a little harder because we don't have a lot of stores by where we live so we really sometimes we have to go without or when we're out kind of picking these things that you know making a route so we can hit the places that we need yeah. but um starting seeds is another one not going to the store to buy flowers and 
all that stuff because that stuff just adds up so much and just reusing as much as I can instead of being like, Oh, I need a new flower pot. Maybe I can find something to make with a flower pot, you Mm -hmm, know, to mm -hmm. use as a flower pot or, you know what, maybe that flower pot that I have isn't so bad after all, you know, stop buying plastic flower pots. Yeah. There's something that I haven't quite worked out. So I'm going to give you the fuzziness. I saw you. I saw you thinking about it. Yeah, I'm going to give you the fuzziness of it. And I was trying to decide if I wanted to fold it into this this conversation. Um, and it's around like just too much, having too much. Yeah. Um, so I planted out my tomato plants. And, you know, tomatoes are one of my favorite crops, fruit, or for those that consider it a vegetable, that's fine too. And so I was saying that this year is going to be the year that it's going to, I'm going to make a break. Like I'm going to decide which of the tomatoes that I'm growing are going to be the tomatoes that I grow over the next year to two, right? Like I'm not going to commit to it for a lifetime, but you know, and I'm going to look at this to say, I'm going to have a single, like, Hey, you got a new spot in my garden. Like, are you up for it? Is it going to be you? And I bet that I have some tomato seeds that I haven't even grown before. But I say that to say, like, I was looking at this 30 foot space and I'm trying to use it more consciously, trying to get more out of it, you know, 30 foot by four foot. Um, And this and I, I know I know you love this, this idea of having like it dedicated to only tomatoes, which again, I've over the years, I've also put pepper plants in there and stuff like that. Um that's it's too much too much to give to a, a single crop a single type of crop right and so then you fold into and a part of this is and we'll talk in a future episode about the real um you know the driver here but a part of this has um kind of gone down this road of crop rotation one of my least favorite topics Ugh, and a yeah. part of the reason why i felt like i've been limited is because i have certain st- Uh, measures in place in my garden to protect certain things to grow certain things and so on and so i think i need to free myself of that and a part of that will naturally happen if again i and funny enough my plan was to come into this year and use that space differently but somehow i got off track um but i said all of that to say when you think about um a part of being sustainable is i mean i think there's a this general theme of don't be wasteful don't you know use consume create things you don't need and there can be an argument made when it comes to some of the things in my garden you know so i know that's excuse me that's a little bit um um, cryptic and it's intended to be because i'm still working it out in my head yeah i respect it i respect it i think it's um you know i deal with the same thing i don't have a cage baby but I deal with the same thing and it's patterns. You know, mm-hmm. I like to, I like to plant my tomatoes in this one spot and I have to rotate them and I don't like it, you know? So I have to deal with that every year because even though I hate crop rotation, I believe in it and practice mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I, I totally respect that. And I, I don't, I want to say something too. just the act of you gardening saves on fossil fuels. Okay. So let's not even pretend that that's not an issue. So going to pick a tomato, the only fossil fuel you burnt is a calorie. (laughs) You know what I mean? Walking Uh, out there to go get it and the practice of growing it. Now, we don't sit here on this show and tell you, like, you need to grow all of your own food and, you know, never go to the grocery store. That's what it's all about. That's not what we're trying to say. But what we're trying to say is for us, you know, I re- for me specifically, I realize that even though, yes, gardening in itself is saving on a fossil fuel, there are other steps that I can take to make that even better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and one of those other things is to stop using so much plastic in my garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it's, And it sucks, man, because plastic's cheap. Yep. But the problem is, is. It, it breaks down and then you get all these microplastics and all this other stuff and I'm just not feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things I'm trying to, I'm trying to work my way away from it. You know, now like my rain barrels are plastic and they're always going to be plastic because one, I don't have a metal drum. Mm-hmm. I haven't had access. Every time I find a metal drum, it's got 
fuel in it. So yeah, yeah, not yeah. gonna do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do. It's it's no joke. Like I said, you can just pick something and do it, and you're gonna be making a difference. Mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to this. And if you noticed throughout this conversation. A lot of the things we said didn't just affect one thing. It would affect multiple categories that we have discussed. You yeah, know? such a great point. So it's like the fossil fuels helps with the water or vice versa or the pollinators. And a lot of them helped all of it. You know what I mean? I do. Good. Good. <laughs> so is there any other kind of change that you were thinking about? I mean, I think that we didn't cover off on... Um, it is a part of like the breakout of the series. Um, but I d- absolutely believe, um, and this goes back to a goal for the garden year and going forward. I absolutely believe the way in which we manage food preservation, um, is critical. You know, it's a part of being sustainable. Um, there's the balance of what you're like, what you're using to, uh, preserve food versus like energy you're using to preserve food, um, yeah. whether it is at the onset or for longer term storage. So there's that. Um, but I'm going to go with you in the act of preserving food is a, clearly a, a means of being sustainable from your garden or as a part of your gardening. Um, so I think that's the only thing that we really hadn't talked. I mean, we probably could have had a whole episode on that. The only thing we hadn't talked about as a part of this series. Um, hey, real quick question. What do you do with the water that you use in your pressure canner after you've used it? Well, that's so little water. Whenever you water bath, let me ask that question. So it's funny you say that because we just did a, a couple batches of jelly the other day. And um, I was... What was I doing? Doesn't, oh, I was playing my guitar and I looked up and Kelly was pouring it down the drain. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, what? I'm like, don't pour it down the damn drain. <laughs> and I mean, I get where she's coming from. She was like, it's hot. And yeah. yes, okay, so if I take it outside when it's hot, it's going to kill anything. It was taking up space on the stove. Like, I understand all that. But and I so and it's funny, too, because I told her um, we had finished recording one day. And I was like, I just want you to know that I'm in the midst of talking a lot about sustainability practices <laughs> and my mind is like hyper tuned to it right now. And she goes, I respect that, but great. Here we go. Because, you know, these things happen, you know, <laughs> that's actually such a great I'm going to I'm going to make that a tip for you. So if you have separate and apart from these episodes or as a part of these episodes been inspired to make some change that will in turn, you know, be realized by your family, maybe your friends, you know, you know, your people better than we do, but maybe consider, hey, FYI, something I'm thinking about because, you know, I mean, most people that love you are okay when you're annoying but what ends up happening is we kind of get gung-ho about some things and and we yeah. start to drip on our everyday life and folks are like what the hell are you what are you talking about where wait why is this water sitting here yeah like, yeah uh, so anywho um maybe I mean, share it's like with, with pasta someone else water too hmm? you know what i mean it's like pasta water same idea mm-hmm. you know um wink wink nudge nudge but <laughs> we um no, we usually what I try if I can get my hands on it and it's cool off, I'll pour it out in the yard. Yeah. Or something. I'll water a plant. But what do you do with it? Um, most times I leave it on the stove until the, ne- the next day until it cools off. And yeah. I'll start with watering some of my indoor plants with it. And then I'll take the rest out and like I don't go as far as the garden itself. Most times it's just containers that are like within reach. Yeah. Or dude, like, I mean, even if you pour it in the grass, you're still mm-hmm. not wasting it. Um, the only difference is when you pour it down the drain here, we have septic, so it does leach back into the ground. So there is that. No, nah, okay. But either way, um, yeah. So it was uh, it was definitely one of those moments where she was like, "Great," but yeah. she understood and she got it. Yeah. And I think in the future, we'll do, like a pressure canner. I mean, there's no water yeah. in a pressure canner. It's not really worth worth going out there and a lot of times what i'll do though is i will use it to kill weeds mm-hmm. so you pour boiling water on weeds and they're mm-hmm. they're dead you know so is everything else that it touches so let's not trip but yeah, and there just be safe with boiling water yeah just be safe be safe everybody don't stick your hand in it it looks enticing but don't do it 
<laughs> it looks soothing. No, it doesn't at all. But okay. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you are. Some people love hot water. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So there are, are a million other tips that you guys can look and find and. Like I said, I'm going to be doing a couple on Backyard Gardens TV about water saving just because I felt the urge and I'm working on that myself and I don't know what else I'll come about, but um, I'm thinking that if I dig deep, you can probably, if anybody digs deep, you can probably find 15 different ways to make little changes in your garden that can make a difference. And remember, it's not just you, it's all of us. So if every single one of you listening to this show right now you know, all thousand, how many, you know, billions four, of people, billions of people mm-hmm. do that. I mean, you know, if you save one gallon, that's a, you know, a couple thousand gallons just for this episode. <laughs> Booyah. Um, so look, let's do this. Let's take a station break real quick and then we're going to come back with the recipe of the day. Ben, what question do we get asked the most? I would have to say it's probably more something like, what are the products we use in our gardens the most? Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. Hey, there's an Amazon link below. When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast, but all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. All right, so we're going to do sautéed zucchini and some cherry tomatoes because you're going to get the cherry tomatoes before anything else in your garden, or at least if you're me, you are. Um, I actually had to find space to sneak in a traditional red cherry tomato because I didn't hadn't had one planted. All right, so this is going to be super easy. I'm going to describe it as a side for a main dish, but you know, do what you want. We're going to take a couple of tablespoons of olive oil or some kind of light oil. Um, avocado oil would work as well. We're actually going to get a bit of red onion, just maybe half of a large one or a small red onion. We're going to get about two um, zucchini and then we're going to take two handfuls of cherry tomatoes. Right. So um, it's maybe like if they're whole, a cup and a half of cherry tomatoes or something. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to get our starting with our oil. We're going to chop up a couple of uh, cloves of garlic and we're going to chop up our onions. We're going to put our onions in the oil. We're going to saute those. Once the onions start to cook and they start to get fragrant, we're going to add that garlic in. As, and keep an eye on this because this thing goes fast, right? So as that garlic is starting to get, you know, the aroma and it's starting to brown a little bit, you should be chopping up your chimi- uh, cherry tomatoes. Just put them in half, cut them in half, it's fine. Um, and then we're going to ultimately also chop, dice your zucchini. Um, as the garlic kind of comes to that golden brown, you're going to toss in the cherry tomatoes and the zucchini. Um, I mean, I guess you could spiralize this if you wanted to create a little bit more work for yourself and kind of make it like a pasta dish. That's not what I'm doing. I'm going the easy route, chopping it up. Both of those are going to cook tomatoes, um, zucchini. You already got your onions and your garlic three or four minutes, right? Just so it gets the amount of doneness you like. I actually like these things a bit soft versus them being a bit, you know, more firm. So cook until your desired doneness. We're going to season as we finish up with a bit of salt, Um, maybe a dash of pepper or two, but this is where you can toss in any of your fresh herbs, right? You can toss in some basil, you can toss in some oregano, like let's get to your herb container or your herb garden bed or your herbs throughout your garden and let's add some of those in. So that's what I got. So I like the shout out to Backyard Kitchen with a spiralizer. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. um, If you haven't watched it, which I don't know why you haven't, it's available on Tubi. Uh, Backyard Kitchen, my wife and I did this spiralizer, the zucchini, and we actually ate it. And we were like, what's something's missing. So we went to our herb garden Mm. and got three different herbs and then tried to chop them up and put them in. And 
we you'll have to go watch the episode to see what the outcome was. But I can tell you that there was a clear winner. But um, yeah, it, it's such a zucchini is a great one to use herbs with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes on that flavor. I mean, I like zucchini. Also has a that's color. You know, my you know I could actually go without it but I'm still challenged every year to continue to grow it. Um, but it adds color to your plate. Um, you know, clearly it's not a heavy vegetable. Um, there's nothing more. So this idea of if you're um, sauteing it, you could still get some brown bits on it, which also is, is always my thing. Um, you could put this on the grill if you remove the oil or the amount of oil. I don't know. I told you a couple of tablespoons. If you really wanted to get more of a grilled mark on it um, and just be careful with the tomatoes, I mean, you'd have to make some adjustments, but it's again, another way to, to make a dish. Um, yeah. And it's about time for it. Where it was it end of June, early July when you guys will hear this. Yeah. When does it come out in mid June or something like that? I, I thought yeah. based on my nondescript way of, of saying when you'd realize I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought we had discussed it beforehand. Well, the reason why I asked is because tonight I'm having fried green tomatoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we eat those throughout the growing season anyway. Sometimes it's hard to get a ripe tomato off of a plant. Usually we take one plant and we just dedicate it to fried green tomatoes. Oh, there you go. Still in my idea out of my head again. Hey, look, that's what I that do. That was my plan coming into the season. Now I'm not so sure. You know... You can't have enough fried green tomatoes. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. I mean, maybe, do you think that there is, I mean, a fried green tomato is a fried green tomato. Like a green tomato is a green tomato. You think the variety beyond, like, I don't normally, I know you've done this before. I don't normally use like your paste tomatoes for that. Um, I normally use like your larger slicers, but does the tomato have to ultimately get to the place of it would be red for it to be a good candidate? No, I had last year I was eating those orange tomatoes mm-hmm. green. They were fine. Yeah. But I'm not a connoisseur either. Like, like I'm not the kind of guy that can drink a, a glass of wine. I don't, I don't drink. But if I did and be like, okay, it's got a, it's got a hint of strawberry. Mm-hmm. And Notes of, a, you a know. A note of cinnamon. And zest there. Yeah. <laughs> is that a lemon zest? <laughs> My, this is a fantastic wine. I don't. I'm not that kind of guy. You know, I'm like, yes, yeah, this, this wine is good. It's, it's going to do the trick. So there's that. But I'm going to try that recipe, and I'm going to try it with both red cherry tomatoes and green cherry tomatoes. So there's that. Oh, you love to add a green tomato into something like this. You know what? Also, why are you going to talk bad good? about me like that for? <laughs> Maybe some Parmesan cheese on top. Some shredded Parmesan yeah. cheese on top. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes, yeah, my belly feels so empty. So look, everybody, this concludes officially concludes the sustainable gardening series. It's sad. It's been riveting. I know. I know everybody's been sitting on the edge of their seats, and you all are going out. You've got your sledgehammers and your pickaxes, and you're going to make changes. We're going to save the planet. And when the planet's saved, it's going to say thank you to all the gardeners. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Mm-hmm. Mm, there we go. There we go. Sing it. Kick it off. That's Actually, all I got, don't. man. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody, thank you so much. Check out the Backyard Gardens podcast on, um, what's it called? YouTube. No, that's Backyard Kitchen. Oh, Okay. Check out Backyard Gardens on YouTube. We do videos and we have our Tuesday episodes are going up there. If you want to support us, you can do a donation with a link down below or you can become a patron. We have all kinds of benefits for you. We'd love to have you. Uh, We are almost there to where we are going to create a room, a space for everybody to communicate and gather together that are patrons and listeners of the show. So please come join us and then we will have that created for you. We're working on that right now. And don't forget about that code EARTH for your water bottles and tote bags. All those things will help. You're going to cut out on fossil fuels. You're going to cut out on water usage. And you're going to be a better person when you do that. And you're going to support Backyard Gardens Podcast. So you can keep this show going. We love you guys. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. 
over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.